0: Buonasera amici Welcome back to Kimberly's Italy I'm Kimberly Holcomb and I'm here with Tommaso
1: At your service dear I'm not going to say in Italian I tried tried before I tried it A valiant effort That was a valiant effort but it failed
0: miserably You need to take courses with Luisa (laughs) See. Anyway Before we start this episode on Venice we would like to give up big shout out to a woman named Jessica. We saw a review that she put up the other day, but we just saw it this morning. And we get a lot of reviews, which we're super grateful for, but it's hard to see them. Not enough. Come on, folks. Not enough. Not enough reviews. But We need some reviews. The ones we've gotten are fantastic. Thank you so much. But for some reason, Apple Podcasts doesn't make them readily available to view, but we saw one this morning from Jessica, and apparently she listens to our podcast now while driving her 13-year-old son to school each day.
1: So, considering... there are five days a week and we do an episode every week. I think we need to either shorten our episodes or Jessica, what do you think we need to do some more?
0: He has to quit school. Quit (laughs) school. We can't do it every Don't go to school, stay home. Every day. Homeschooling. (laughs) But anyway, she commented in her review to us how we transport her to all these places in Italy. She described, you know, that she feels like she's eating the meal or smelling the jasmine, whatever it is. But in the car, each day she's making her son listen to our podcast. And she said that he'd probably like to be listening to something else, but that he did, quote unquote, crack a smile when we mentioned one of our Fiat Punto episodes.
1: Now, young man, (laughs) I guarantee you at some point, you know, down the road, You'll be in Italy and you'll be renting a Punto and you'll be living the dream.
0: <laughs> oh my God. By the time he gets to Italy, he's only 13. They might not even have a Fiat Punto. I hope so. <laughs> yes. Young man, rent the Fiat Punto if you can, just or, at least once in your life. Or a Cinquecento. Right. And we saw right before we started this episode, we saw another review also from Tuesday from a couple named Jono and Karen. Pardon my pronunciation, Jono and Karen. And they said they found their podcast our podcast one day before they were in Italy and they went to Lake Como and had, quote unquote, the most incredible meal as a result of our podcast. I'd love to know which restaurant they went to, but sadly, you can't, respond to people's reviews you can't thank
1: them if you guys get on the gram as in instagram and follow kimberly's italy then we can thank you more personally and kim is horrible with social media (laughs) understatement it's sort of like how i make the bed (laughs) you know what they say never do a bad job well
0: (laughs) (laughs) we each have our attributes social media is not mine making the bed Doesn't even exist for Tommaso. I'm
1: really good at my closet, though.
0: (laughs) Okay, on to Venezia, Venice. Okay, it's 9 p.m. here, so that means, while we're doing this recording, so that means we're having a cocktail. Tonight is a spritz. We've had a spritz before. I can't remember which episode, but that last one was with Aperol. This one tonight, just to change things up, is with Campari. Prosecco, a bit of club soda, and Campari, and a beautiful slice of orange. So I, the reason we're doing this is because the spritz was invented in Venice. And the word spritz is German or Austrian. Because the Habsburg Austrians occupied Venice in the 1800s, and apparently when they were drinking the Veneto wine, they thought it was too strong, which I found odd, like what Austrian do you know is wimpy, like couldn't, <laughs> couldn't handle a little white Italian Veneto wine. So they asked all the baristas and people around Venice to dilute their white wine with a the equivalent of club soda in those days. So that's what they did. And the word spritz means splash as they added this, you know, like sparkling water. But after the Austrians were long gone, the Venetians thought, let's claim this as our own and let's make it a little more decorative, a little more pretty and colorful because all of Venice is colorful. The tiles, the exteriors of the buildings, the gondolas, everything is rich in color. And so they couldn't have a little white Prosecco and white wine with water. They had to add some color. So tonight our color is Campari. Brilliant red with the orange slice of, uh, with the slice of orange. So here we go. Ready? Chin chin, Tommaso. Salute. Salute. All right. So my first trip to Venice, I'm not going to go into great detail, but was as a college student. The typical trip, take a train, stay in a hostel, cruise around, had a backpack. I remember it just being amazing. Uh, I don't remember any crowds. I don't remember any dirt, filth, anything. It was just mind-blowing. But actually, all of Europe was to me at that point, (laughs) right? But Venice was very special. Then I moved to Italy, and then my parents came to visit maybe not even quite a year into it. And we decided to go to Venice. And my Italian was getting there, but it wasn't fluent yet. But anyway, we stayed at a hotel right next to Hotel Daniele. And and for those of you that know, it's probably Venice's most famous hotel. And for good reason, it's incredible. It's stunning. It, it's unlike anything else. But we were staying at this little place that still exists called Hotel Paganelli. It's, it's like the humble stepsister of Donnelly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's oh, literally two doors down.
1: Most things are the humble stepsister.
0: Right. Nothing can compare to the Donnelli. Mm-hmm. But we stayed at Hotel Paganelli and we did the walk and we got lost. And I remember it rained, which was okay. And you just get lost in Venice, and that's what you do whether you have your smartphone or not. I'm sure people don't, but you should turn your phone off and just get lost. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we got lost, and then I think it was the second night in, uh, the hotel manager from Paganelli suggested his, you know, cousin's, nephew's, brother's restaurant in a little, uh, you know, neighborhood. And we went there, and the goal was for my parents to have the spaghetti, or sepia, as they called it, sepie al nero. And that means the ink from Squid or cuttlefish is actually the real thing. Right. Cuttlefish is like a cousin of the squid. It's a black ink. Yes. Very black. So my parents were eating this squid ink, cuttlefish ink pasta. And and, uh, I had something else I don't remember. And it was this sweet little place and everyone was very nice. And they're halfway into their meal, if that. And all of a sudden, the waiter came over and he just took both plates, just whipped them away. No word. My parents were like mid-bite, you know, spaghetti on the fork. And all of a sudden, he goes, he looks at me and goes, aqua alta, aqua alta. And again, my Italian wasn't great, but those words are easy. And that means translated water high, water high. I kept thinking water high. Oh, high water. Oh, God, flood. Oh, uh uh-oh. Venice is having a flood, but I will say in my time there, there hadn't been the same kind of flooding that you've heard about for the last 10, 12 years in Venice. I mean, it's really bad. And this was prior to them putting in those tide barriers and all that stuff. So when there was Aqua Alta, it was serious. So he takes the plates away. And I just remember looking at my parents and they had this black squid ink, you know, like in their teeth and on their gums and kind of on the outside of their lips. And they were confused. And I was like, well, we have to go. And then the, the waiter came over with the bill. So we had to pay for it. And my dad probably was like, I'm not going to pay for half my meal. <laughs> but anyway, somehow he paid for it. And then another waiter came over and gave my mom, who's quite short, two garbage bags, two black garbage bags that he meant motion to put tie around both her legs. My dad and I didn't get any, but you know, the older mother, she got the bags. So right as we're tying these bags around my mom's hips or thighs, all of a sudden, just like that, like the water came pouring in and they had, you know, like retrofitted all their doors knowing that this happens all the time. So they pulled the doors open and with that, the water just came right in but behind us, meanwhile, all the other waiters had put everything on top of tables. Everything was off the floor except the patrons left standing there paying their bill and trying to leave. So we did. And when we walked outside, we were on, like a like I said, a, a little local neighborhood. So on a teeny canal and I knew the direction we had come in. So we started heading back toward... Hotel Paganelli which was off the Grand Canal and as as you walked forward to get anywhere you saw more and more people and the tourists that you saw were kind of laughing like oh this is quirky <laughs> this is funny and so it was entertaining at, at first and then the water kept coming higher and higher and higher and then all of a sudden it was up to like my over mid, my knees mid thigh and then my dad was, it was very tall at the time. And so we're like, okay, well, whatever. It's Venice. It's our first time, their first time, really. So as we got closer to the Grand Canal, all of a sudden you saw these elevated wooden walkways that I don't know where they came from. I hadn't seen them before, but they were very long and they fit together. And Venetians just, they have a drill, And they know how to do this.
1: The bureaucracy can move slowly, but the Venetians, when this aqua (laughs) alta happens, moves very fast. That's
0: a good point. (laughs) Anyway, so with that, everyone starts walking on these elevated wooden platforms slash sidewalks above the water. And they clearly knew how high to build them because they probably had record high tides and high floods and they knew what it was. So we're all walking above and then it got more fun. Like, Oh, we're all like, you know, safe above these things. There's no side to them. You could totally fall off like four feet, but so it was really fun. We found our way back. But like I said, hotel Daniele was before our, our um, hotel. So when we got off the platform and we walked past hotel Daniele and we looked in and it's truly the most elegant place Ever and I looked in and there were like three very nice looking gentlemen having a drink at the bar. Everything was off the floor, there were chairs on her, everything was just elevated, and except for these men having a drink at the bar. <laughs> so my dad goes, Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know my dad. Yes. He loves his cocktails. Yes. So keep in mind though. My parents still had their black gums and their black teeth. I mean, I didn't say anything, but it was pretty funny looking. <laughs> because there was no time to rinse. No, and, we didn't have any water. We right. didn't have anything. Right. So we go in to Hotel Danieli and as you walk in, the the first thing you notice is it's it's like a it's like a museum. It's it's so incredible and there's just wood, wood walls, wood very long like reception desk quote unquote for lack of a better word. Everything was wood and the reception desk have these reliefs of in carved in wood of scrolls of paper. And that's due to the history of, of uh, Venice's um, past with printing and paper. I'll get to that in a second. But so we walk past all this stuff and we get into the bar and we ordered a drink and we stood there. And by then the water was up to my, almost to my hips. It was crazy. <laughs> and my dad, it was like mid thigh and my mom's up to her waist and she doesn't drink, but I think she had a drink that night. <laughs> and I will say the conversation was great. And these these waiters and staff at Hotel Daniele did this drill with precision. It was perfect. Everything was on top. They weren't worried. It it was very tranquilo. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one was freaking out. We're like, okay. So we had our drink and then we left. But I just want to say that the, back to this bar and this incredible lobby with all this wood and tile and, and how it still stands after all these years of flooding, I don't know. But I remember seeing the relief of that wood.
1: The relief of the paper. The, the relief, relief of the, pa- the
0: paper on that wood. Yes. And thinking, oh, right. Venice has such a long history of printing. I mean. Well, it was the center of commerce. And it was exactly. also Europe's,
1: one of Europe's first financial centers. So in order to have a Trade, financial center. everything. You've, a, you've actually got to take keep records.
0: Everything. So. Even though printing was actually the printing press, I think was actually invented in in Germany, but because right. of Venice's you know merchants uh, location and yep. everything, yep. their history of prints, paper, artisanal, hand bound books. I mean, it's still to this day such a part of their life. And the fact that this hotel's lobby had scrolls of paper, it's just. When you go to Venice, please go in there and think about that. And there's a lot of paper stores in Venice. And have a drink at the bar. Yes. And hopefully it wouldn't be flooded. But, well, you know, so Italy spent
1: 4 billion euros on the new floodgates that show up. And the past two years, they've been very successful in stopping the floods because the floods were actually damaging... Venice, and it's you know the it's, it's
0: right. I don't think it's one of the most ancient cities in Europe. I didn't think it would exist today. today so but those tide those barriers are helping, hopefully. Yes, um, but just a couple of years ago, there were because of um, during COVID, wasn't it? Remember all the fish? No. Well, yeah. During COVID, so during COVID, oh, right? Because there were no cruise ships. There
1: were no cruise ships. There were right. no. There was nothing stirring up. The, the 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 lagoon and everything else right. and also you know there were no boats because there were no there were tourists. no tourists and the water in the back streets was just crystal clear and they saw
0: fish for right. the first time right in a long time well like in those people's lifetimes well they had never not. seen fish. yeah right young people right anyway little side story there mm-hmm. So the next morning, we got up, had our latte and breakfast, and we were heading out anyway. But you could tell it was going to take quite a while for that city to, you know, get dry again. So we experienced the flood, and then we left it before it was totally gone. Mm. I went so many times after that first initial flood time, never have been there since with another flood, but friends would visit or I had Italian friends. I had a friend from Verona. I had a friend friend from Venezia. So I went a lot and I feel very lucky that I was able to go off season because I lived there. So if I had a friend coming from, you know, America to visit or something, I'd say, oh, yeah, I'd be happy to take you to Venice, but, but right. only only off season. Because even in those years, I knew that the summer was bad, but... Not like it is now.
1: Right. Or prior to COVID. Well, prior to COVID, but also right now, they've done some good things. So there are no more cruise ships. True. Which were a big issue because imagine looking down the the Grand Canal towards Guideca and you see-
0: Five of them. The
1: Princess Majesty coming in.
0: And there are these behemoths. Right. It's, you know, like in my day, there might have been a cruise ship. I don't remember them, but if there were, they were small.
1: Right. And now they've got a shopping mall inside of them. Yes.
0: So I was always lucky to go off season, but even though they have now banned the cruise ships and they're also charging a city tax per day, Right. starting, I think, in this um, 2022, Yep. it will be either 15 to 25 euro per person. I'm not sure if it's per your stay or per day. I don't know that information yet, but I think it will be much better. It'll be a it'll be a, a just tremendously
1: better experience. Yes, for people that are there during the high seasons, and you know we were there, which we'll go into during. I was there my first time during the low season, and it was just magic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, I still would recommend going off season and, you know, November, December, it might be a little, little gray or a little damp, but you can walk into any restaurant. You don't need a reservation. You are dining with the the locals and not many.
1: There aren't many locals left There aren't left in many
0: Venice. people that still live in Venice right. because everything is commercial. So you either have to own the building and live above it, but then they rent it out like for, you know, tourists or Airbnb. So not many people live there anymore. But if you do go off season, you will be eating in sweet little restaurants with the few remaining locals. Mm -hmm. And I just want to tell one side story. My friends from Como that lived there while I did, and they still live in Como, they told me that the best day of their entire life, other than their wedding day, was opening day of Carnivale. and it's normally like end of January, February, and it goes for at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. They went on the first day and they said they were late and they were kind of pathetic. They didn't really have a a good outfit or a mask. So they bought one on the way in and they felt totally underdressed and they would up their game next time. But they said it was, it was like living in a theatrical production the whole day and everyone was vibrant and happy and music and people like walked in mass from place to place you never stopped and she said of course you couldn't see other people's faces behind the mask but you kn- knew that everyone was smiling right she said at the end of the day they're both their faces hurt from the smiles and it was just as she said, it was like an otherworldly experience. So for
1: those of you that don't know what Venice Carnivale is, it is an evening. It is, you know, a couple of weeks and it runs in the evenings and it is just magical where people wear capes yes. and tri-cornered hats yes. like they did in the 18th century and masks. And it's sort of like, imagine these people walking around and they're all happy, but they're they're going over a bridge and it's... Kind of foggy. Yeah, exactly. you can exactly. just step back in time and just think about how that was beforehand. My dream that, you you can note this, dear, but I want to go to Carnivale. I do too. Yeah.
0: I, I have never been. I lived there all those years. I've never been.
1: Because I firmly believed I'm reincarnated from someone in the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little weird, <laughs> but yeah.
0: Well, we will go, but I highly suggest that. Maybe in the next couple of years, where there will be less. Oh, hold on. Tom's having a sip of his Aperol. I well, am. It's not Aperol, Campari Spritz, and I haven't had one yet, besides the chin chin. Oh,
1: you've been talking. Hold on, quite hold a on bit.
0: please. <laughs> Thank you very much. Okay. Anyway, um, okay. Carnivale, highly suggest it. Highly suggest, even for people that have been to Venice in the last 10, 12 years and had a unpleasant experience because right. of the crowds right and to be honest today i was looking at google images of hotel paganelli to make sure it was still there and the image i was looking at they have the dates on them was october 2015 and it was chockablock with people you could barely see the buildings it 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 bummed me out so six years ago, it was overrun in October. Mm-hmm. That's sad. So anyway, I think it will be better without the cruise ships and the city oh, it will definitely be better. Yeah. So for those of you that didn't have the best experience, I would suggest going back, especially in Off season. January, February, March is kind of wet. But uh November, December, right Any, before anybody Christmas. Inter- anybody interested in Carnavali? Yeah, let's go. Oh yes. Come on. Or right before Christmas too. Yeah, Same yeah. thing we said about Firenze. It's festive and everyone's in a good mood. So anyway, keep that in mind. Okay. So, okay. I now, will. Now uh we'll move on to Tommaso's first trip to Venezia. So I studied
1: architecture in college. I went to Boston University. But prior to that, I'd studied theater. And theater, you know, in Venice, go hand in hand. The Italians and theater go hand in hand. I had always, as I migrated to architecture, looked at paintings. And I'm, I'm, I'm an amateur watercolorist. I'm not very good. But, you know, I've looked. I have got a collection of art books. Venice was always on my mind. I felt like I'd been there so many times. I'd been there in my mind. And if you think about Venice, the history of the art, and I'll step back into the 18th century with Canaletto and Guardi and Canaletto's nephew, Bellotto, these gentlemen painted paintings for the English aristocracy, and the aristocracy went on the Grand Tour, was to be vivacious and theatrical and enjoy, particularly a warm climate that wasn't rainy and dreary, but also to you know go and learn the classics, right? Understand architecture, understand art, music, music. And the Venetian painters, the veduta, with the veduta is of the view, the views of, of the canals and everything. The painters I mentioned before would paint these, and the English would buy them, you know, like uh, half a dozen at a time. And Cantaletta went back to England. He had a lot of patrons in the UK, but they came to Venice originally and brought these paintings back. And it was a wonderful experience to go there and look in real life at all the things that I had seen in books by Cataletto, Bellato, Whistler, Sargent. I mean, some of the best Sargent watercolors.
0: John Singer Sargent. John
1: Singer Sargent are from Venice. They're the most light-filled and magical. And there's a reason, because the light in Venice is magical.
0: The light in all of Italy, I think, is magical. But there's something about Venice because of that fog and all the steam. And yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, that's the end of Venice uh, Culture 101. There'll be a pop quiz at 12 o'clock.
0: <laughs> I will say that Tom, our house is full of art books, and he literally does look at them every night. He goes to bed with these massive art books. And then he intermixes that with, you know, cruising through Instagram. But he's still, <laughs> <laughs> he still is an art book, a real art book lover. They're not just on. A coffee table, and I must admit, the one that I got—that was
1: the end of the dot-com boom. There used to be a wonderful art bookstore in New York, which is no longer there because art bookstores have gone it away. Went a lot out of place.
0: business, so sad. It
1: Was called Hackers and Fifty Seventh Street. Yes, and we used to go there all the time. And there was this—it por- was
0: like a candy store. We yeah. just go in there and just get sucked in.
1: And there was this portfolio of Canaletto drawings that are reproduced from the collection of the Queen of England.
0: And we have them right and we have here them. in our house.
1: And I bought one. And it was, it was, it was a goal. And uh, the dot-com that I worked for went out of business. <laughs> but we still have them. I, and the last check cleared, so I went and bought them. <laughs> anyway. Okay, we'll end this episode uh, with a little bit of a story about my dearest, my effervescent little Lipshin. <laughs> that would be me. The seasoned traveler who was showing me Italy
0: who at had be- lived in Italy. Lived
1: at the beginning of our relationship, first of all, we jammed this car into into this alleyway in Lake Como and barely got it out. I don't know. We got some super lube or something and one <laughs> on the side of the car. Uh, but then we ended up driving it to Venice. It was still obviously workable. It just didn't really have any side mirrors. No. And we pull into what looked like a parking lot. And seasoned traveler here. That man...
0: Looked totally legit. Yeah, uniform. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you there.
1: We'll leave you there because uh, it didn't all work out in the end. It was, it was. It inter- was funny. It was funny.
0: Okay, but the next episode will not only tell you what happened, but there's so many other things to do and see in Venice and its outlying islands. It's just uh, to to reuse the word. It's just magical. It is magical. Okay. So thank you once again, very, very, very much for listening. And ci vediamo. Ciao, (laughs) ciao. Grazie. Ciao, ciao.